maybe a little bit of a rush, but our church needs them back next Sunday, uh, November 14th, in order for them to go to Samaritan's Purse, get sorted and shipped and got there by Christmas. That's kind of the goal. So, anyway, I think that was all my announcements. Uh, Except, oh yeah, yeah. I do have a thank. Thank you, Tom. These two are getting married on December fifth, sixth. So uh, they are getting here. It's just official. Uh, anything else you want to say? I mean, I think you're just going to the courthouse initially, but you may uh, have a ceremony at a later time. Is that the way to say it? So good. They're uh, going to be up in Belton, and so. Uh, I guess you know what you're getting into, Nisha. Oh, <laughs> Steve, you better be very careful when you go home. No, you got a good man. Got a good man there. <clears throat> so, gosh, we've known you four or five years now, haven't we, Tom? So, anyway. And he's getting a good woman. Don't forget the other side. Well, that goes without saying. Yes. That's what I'm saying. She's a heck of a woman. <laughs> So, all right, well, congratulations to you guys. And, uh, yeah, if everybody can make it out on the uh, 4th, that'll be two days before their wedding. But uh, we'll have a class party here at the church. So that's the sheet I handed out. And uh, we'll play a, a little game if you can get me your uh, your pieces of paper at the end of the day. And, Jim, maybe help me uh, get anybody that maybe we didn't get today. Okay. Yeah, I mean, our online ladies are welcome to join. Ah, Carol, that's true. Karen Parrott. I've never yeah, you folks uh, online, if you can make it to our Christmas party, it's on the 4th of December at 5 o'clock here at the church. And uh, it's a potluck thing, so if you can bring something, do that. But anyway, you're invited. You don't have to bring anything. But uh, it'll be a good time. Seemed like I had just a little bit of kind of business to talk to you about at, but I'll do that at the thing. So we are in Jeremiah 31 today, and kind of, kind of the way, just so you guys kind of know, uh, Jeremiah. The way I've been studying Jeremiah, it just kind of works for me. Is so like Monday morning, probably tomorrow, maybe not tomorrow, but for sure by Tuesday, uh, I'll look through like Jeremiah 32 will be next week. So uh, I will look at Jeremiah 32 and I'll at least see where the paragraph markers are. And that provides my sections of how I break down each chapter. And uh, hopefully Tuesday, I'll uh, at least take the first section of the first few verses. And so each day I try to do a section of between paragraph markers. And so, so what's funny that you, you may not think is funny is I haven't looked at my handout since last Wednesday or Thursday when I finished my outline. So I'm looking at this kind of like, oh my goodness, Lord, what am I going to say? So uh, anyway, it's just been a uh, busy few days with uh, the concrete project. And uh, it's really been a blessing to work with 
some of the guys. Uh, Tom got to drive a bobcat for a little while and with a jackhammer on the end of it. And so uh, we've got a picture of that. And anyway, uh, the church. We're, we're going to be a little bit. Uh oh, can you scoot through there? Oh man. Okay. Steve, you wouldn't let me drive the bobcat. <laughs> you didn't come out. I, I think this was a perfect opportunity for you because yeah. we we were doing demo. You, it didn't matter. You could. Oh, no. <laughs> you you turn up everything. Dave, I need your help over here. Help me. <laughs> this was the time to ram stuff and hit yeah, stuff. Tear things up. But uh, anyway. Different one of our church members just really have pitched in, and so it's really been a team effort. And uh, the Lord gave us good weather, and so uh, the company that's bringing uh, cement tomorrow, uh, one of our members works at there, and so they gave us a they're saving us like fifteen hundred dollars on the cement. And uh, I would guess that Junior, all his I bet he saves us ten thousand dollars. So. Anyway, it's just a, you know, it'll probably be thirty, forty thousand dollar deal. But we're we're doing it for uh, six thousand around. So anyway, uh, but anyway, it's it's just a blessing to uh, be part of what God's doing, and we've just had good fellowship, and we prayed a time or two uh, over things. And Angie brought lunch yesterday. I felt like I was back on the farm uh, when we were little kids. My mom would bring lunch to the field and we'd eat off the tailgate of a pickup and it was just kind of that atmosphere you know just everybody grab a sandwich and one guy kept working so we took a sandwich out to him and I don't know just things like that it's just a beautiful day and uh, nobody's gotten hurt I, I say nobody got hurt yeah I was going to say there was a I don't know if you can see this my pants my pants caught on fire and I burned my I was running this grinder cutting up some of that rebar my pants caught on fire and so uh, I've got I've got Junior was honking the horn they had to honk the horn I had my headphones or not headphones my earplugs so uh, but that's did you get it put out pretty fast yeah yeah I just hit it with my glove and kept going but I uh, it's it's about a two inch spot that skins off and well you don't have to shave your legs now <laughs> uh, no so yeah <laughs> anyway so there's some stories some uh, so I can't use I can't use that for the Christmas party now you already know about that about me all right we are in. Uh, Jeremiah 31, and just to kind of get us all back up to speed, uh, some of Judah has already went into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he has besieged Jerusalem, and uh, he's actually uh, set up uh, king. He he's already deported uh, Daniel and some of the prominent. Uh, leadership and so Jeremiah and there's still a remnant at Jerusalem and they're kind of holding on and if you read some of the other stories uh, 
like they're starving so bad that mothers eat their children. So that that's kind of Angie was telling me the story today on the way here that Angie's very tender-hearted toward children and, and mothers, and uh, she she heard the story of someone in Afghan that so, Afghanistan that sold their daughter. And I don't know if it's to trafficking or some man purchased her so he could feed his family. No, it was his second daughter. And it was his second daughter that he sold to help feed his family. A twelve-year-old and a nine-year-old. A twelve-year-old and a nine-year-old. So, anyway, when I when I think about Jeremiah and what's going on at Judah, but um, Jeremiah is still trying to give messages of hope. And he is prophesying that we need to go into captivity. So the leadership there are saying, no, let's fight the Babylonians. This is the promised land. And Jeremiah is saying, no, go to captivity. God will uh, keep you there and he will bring you back. So there's a promise of them coming back. And... uh, there's always a message of grace. So if you have your handout, that'll be your first blank is the word grace. And so if someone could read verses 1, 2, and 3 for us of Jeremiah 31. And we, we all need grace. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. So Pat Lee, would you just read the first three verses for us? Okay. It says, At the same time, saith the Lord, Will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people, thus saith the Lord. The people which are, were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause them to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Yeah, I want to think that is uh, maybe a quote from Isaiah, that loving kindness, or maybe the Psalms. But uh, anyway, that that verse two there, it's at. Uh, and if you think about the time that Jeremiah is speaking, he's talking about Israel, and Israel has already gone into captivity to the Assyrians. And so that was about a hundred years before, but he's reminding them, uh, in fact, verse 2 that Pat read, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. And so God has drawn Israel with his loving kindness. And that does draw you, doesn't it? When someone is loving and kind toward you, it's very winsome. You, I mean, if if someone you know is harsh or bitter up front, your your wall's already up, isn't it? And so, if we can be compassionate toward people, uh, you will find grace. And uh, who can give us just a good definition of grace? Forgiveness. Forgiveness would definitely unmerited favor. I mean, that's kind of the thing I was thinking of. We don't get what we deserve. Yeah, we. So it's unmerited. You you can't. I can't work for Angie's grace, right? She has to give it. So it's it's not merited or deserved. And uh, this is this is one that. 
when Dave was a ballerina dancer, <laughs> someone called. Someone said he's very graceful. And, and when you say like a ballerina is graceful, I, 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 I can't. You know, because we even say. Uh, Jim, would you mind saying grace? We, so we use that word in a lot of different ways. But the thing I read about the ballerina dancer is that they moved effortlessly. It was without effort. They just they just could float and bounce. They made it look effort. So it was, that's why it's called graceful because it was unmerited. They didn't even have to try. They just were graceful, right? And uh, so, anyway, those are just some things about grace. And uh, we could. The church age has been called the age of grace. It's the dispensation of grace. It's a time. uh, The Old Testament, you know, if you're having to kill a sheep or bring an ox to church this morning to sacrifice it, that was not grace. That took work, didn't it? I mean, you fed and raised that thing and then you offered it. And it was difficult. There was an element of works involved. And and that's what we say. The Bible says, who can say Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 for us? Anybody that's completed... Four by grace? Well, that is real close. I think you put two verses together. For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves... See, that's part of it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And let, let me. Uh, this could almost be a whole study on its own. There, there's three ways to get grace. Um, so Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it has all of them. Uh, and and it, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. What is the next saying? And and not of yourselves. So it's it's of no works. That's what that's what we're saying. And th- this is Galatians two. It, it says, "For if grace come by the works of the law, uh, or he says, for I do not frustrate the grace of the Lord. If, if grace came through works of the law, that you know, nobody. Let's look at that. Uh, Galatians two sixteen. I hope uh, our folks online... This is just a really good study that... Uh... Yeah, who's got Galatians 2.16? That a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And we had believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no judge be and read verse 21 also. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, 
Yeah, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness came through the... <clears throat> so, so what we're saying there is if I want to go into Brian's office, I'm not going to be able to get in there by pushing it. That That's going to frustrate me if I have to push this door to... But... Uh, it's, it's locked, but if it was unlocked, I mean, I, you have to you have to pull. So you can't get grace by working for it. Amen. And uh, I tried that. Some of you have tried that. Your good's not going to outweigh the bad. You have to be saved by grace. And, and who, who's got this one? Uh, Romans five. Romans five. I think it's one and two. Uh, Angie, you got it? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have access to this grace by faith. And that's what that said. For by grace are you saved through faith. So you have to believe, right? That's what John 3.16 says. That, uh, you know, God so loved the world that whosoever believeth. And I'm seeing this more and more. My definition of faith is in Romans 4 where it says that Abraham was fully persuaded. And, and I'm really keying on that word persuaded. If you believe something, you've been persuaded of it. And I, I read that in my reading uh, this morning in uh, in Luke 16. It, it said of the rich man that was in hell, it says they have Moses and the prophets, and if they're not persuaded by them, then they're not going to be persuaded if one rise from the dead. So we have the word of God and that is enough to persuade us to give us faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, we, we can't work for it. We're in an age of grace where it's, it's, it's unmerited. That's what we're saying. Unmerited uh, favor. And really, uh, as you read your Old Testament... You, you do see the word grace a few times, but uh, a word you will see several times is favor. They that uh, someone got favor, and uh, so there is grace in the Old Testament. And, and let me give you this third reason. So, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God. And then it says, not of works. Lest any man should boast. <clears throat> and the, what is the opposite of boasting? That's it. Humility is the other way to get grace. And it's in 1 Peter 5. Let's all turn there. Let's all turn to 1 Peter 5. These are the three ways to get God's grace in your life. And we just seen that um, the nation of Israel did get God's grace when they were in uh, the wilderness. So, First Peter five, and I think it's verse six. Yeah, 
Uh, why don't you read 5 and 6, uh, Pat? He says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the <clears throat> Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in his time. All right, so God resists the proud, but He gives He gives grace to the humble. Everybody see that? Are you down with that, Ed? Yeah. I need your amen every once in a while. Amen, brother. All right. So it's going forth. So anyway, this was a study that was given to me, and somehow it clicks with me. Uh, if you find other ways to receive God's grace, uh, let me know. But these are the three ways that uh, you know. And, and you think you think about how you were saved. I mean, I feel like I've. You hear people say, "I've always believed in God," and in a way, I have. And I'm, I'm sure I'm proud in some ways, but it doesn't bother me to ask. I mean, traditionally, men hate to ask directions, right? We, we, and so there are ways that I am prideful, but this, this was the big one for me, honestly, because I very much prided myself. Hey, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do those sinful activities. And so, uh, you know, it's harder for someone like that. If you're a religious person, you may not see your need for salvation. And, and, th- and that's where I was at. That's where the, the Pharisees were at, by and large. And uh, so anyway, these are ways to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and uh, Ed says... Amen. Amen. Okay. Now back to Jeremiah 31. Uh, I think that was a profitable little rabbit trail. But uh, somebody read for us uh, verses 4, 5, and 6 now if they would. We're talking a lot about Israel here. And uh, Shannon, do you do you have those? Do you want Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt, thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant, and shall eat them as common things. For there shall be a day that the watchmen upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. All right, now you're... Uh... Your second blank there is the word Samaria. So Israel and Ephraim. Uh, who was Ephraim's father? Does anybody know who was Ephraim's father? Joseph. It was. It was Joseph. He had Ephraim and who else? Manasseh. And Manasseh. And uh, so in verse 6 that Shannon just read, for they... There shall be a day that the watchman upon the the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, let us go up to Zion. So some of this is talking about the northern tribes. Uh, the northern ten tribes were sometimes called Ephraim or Israel. 
and Samaria was their capital. So that that's what I had you put in your blank. Ephraim is leader of the northern ten tribes, and Samaria is their capital. And I think uh, Pat and I have talked a little bit. That's where the the tribe of Dan built an altar. And uh, so there's some significance about Samaria. And so when Pat, uh, he he's taught before about the woman at the well. Christ said, I must needs go through Samaria. There's only two times in the Bible that Christ had need of something. And one was he had need to go through Samaria. And the, the reason that's significant is these northern ten tribes that went to Samaria many of them married the Assyrians and they came back and dwelt at Samaria so they were called half-breeds and even when I was in school I remember Indians some of them being half-breeds they were marrying the the Indians and the uh, white man were marrying and that was a very derogatory so to say you're a Samarian that meant you know you're, you're part Israel and you're part Assyrian and so the Jews would literally walk around Samaria to get from northern to southern Israel. But Christ said, I must needs go to Samaria. Like, oh, well, you're a Jew. Why would you go there? And uh, Jews were named after the tribe of Ju- Judah. So Jew- Judah, the Jews, the word Jew came from Judah. But uh, he had need to go through Samaria. The other time that uh, Christ said he had need of something is when he had need of the ass's colt that was tied. He he told his disciples to go get it right before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He said, I have need of that. And so a couple times Christ had need. But anyway, Samaria is a... You know, uh, you know, we talk about the Good Samaritan. We're giving these boxes to Samaritan's purse. That, that's where all this came from. This is this is from the Bible to help our neighbor. Uh, so, this last blank in your first uh, section there. If somebody would read verses seven through nine, I read. All right, give it. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say ye, or and say, O Lord, save thy people and the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the coast of the earth, and with them the blind and the lame, the woman with child, and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. While I lead them, I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in, the, in a straight way, wherein thy, they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Amen. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking there. There's a word I was... Yeah, at the end of verse 7, it says, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. And so the word remnant is what I put in there. And uh, what, what is that? What is a remnant? 
leftovers. It, it is. It's kind of the leftovers. Is that what you're saying too, Rosie? Yeah. He's like, he's like the last. Yeah, remnants of material. Yeah. Leftover. Yeah. And so uh, we read also in verse 2 there that they were the people which were left of the sword that found grace. <clears throat> and so. Water with you. Anyway, that that's kind of a famous uh, word in the Bible that we would do well to to uh, maybe study. But that's what goes in your third blank there. Uh, they praise God for uniting all Israel and for saving a remnant. And so, uh, you know, God is not willing that any should perish. He He wants to save all and uh, even the leftovers. Amen, Ed? Even the leftovers, like me. Like us. Like you and me, brother. <clears throat> all right. So we're going to get to see kind of a glimpse of this, of Israel's restoration in verses 10 through 14. This is a... Uh, in verse 10, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, the Lord is the, the good shepherd, and he is going to gather his flock. And so this is, uh, it actually says there, uh, I, I kind of wrote down what I what I read in a commentary here. Hear the word. It says, "O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off." This is a kind of a call for uh, Gentile nations to help Israel. Uh, he's, you know, when we were in. Uh, we were in Jerusalem in uh, two years ago, like right now. Uh, we were there over Thanksgiving, I guess. But uh, at the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, they had uh, uh, trees planted and some monuments to the nations that helped Israel during the Holocaust. And uh, I didn't read all of them. It, it, it could be very time-consuming. But like I, I read where Denmark uh, helped bring 70, I think it was either 50-some thousand or 70-some thousand Jews to Denmark where they were, they were guarded from the Nazis. <clears throat> and so there were other nations. <laughs> and so uh, the Jews today... Uh, kind of memorialize that it, and the tree that they had planted they had one for that uh, Schindler you heard the movie Schindler's List they had a tree for him and a little placard that told what he did and they had another thing for uh, Corey Ten Boom and I kind of li- we had kind of a tour guide that was telling about some of this and I was over here reading stuff so I missed kind of what he said about Corey Ten Boom and I think that was the hiding place and uh, anyway, uh, so I guess I'm trying to, as your teacher and pastor this morning, talk to you about the relevance. You know, when we read the Bible, it's hard to maybe, you know, oh, oh ye isles, ye nations, you know, proclaim this. But, <clears throat> you know, that that's going to happen. Thank you. Were you thinking something else, too? No, that's exactly right. <laughs> 
this is a kind of second coming millennial passage. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about it today, but uh, Jim is going to teach on the fourth Sunday of this month. What, what day is that? Like two weeks from now? I don't know, probably. So in two weeks, Jim's going to teach our class, and he's going to uh, talk specifically about the millennium. And that, that's a little bit unknown to many of us. And But uh, in essence, that's what Jim's... Because some of this happened during the Holocaust that helped them become a nation again. But some of it is very prophetical in the sense that at the return of the Lord, he does save a remnant. And he does uh, uh, gather those Jews that are left through the tribulation and uh, he uses Gentile nations because most of us we we think in application only but do you know do you guys remember in in Matthew where he says um, if you visit someone in prison you did it for my name if you uh, all the Beatitudes well is it in the Beatitudes? I think I think that's it. But anyway, he says in there, he said, "If you've done it to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me." And that word "brethren," he means his fellow Israelites. And so that that is very prophetic that for Gentiles to feed and to visit and to do good in fact he says even if you just give a cup of water in my name to my brethren you've done it unto me and, and he'll and, and those kind of things will happen in the millennium when, when Jews are fleeing for their lives and they're uh, protected by Gentile nations God will bless that so anyway I'm, I'm going to run out of time if I don't keep going here but uh, verse 11 talks about uh, Israel's redemption from the Antichrist spoken of as if it already happened verse 11 here it says for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he so that's a reference to the Antichrist how powerful he is but it it almost acts like God has already done it and uh, to him who knows how things play out it it has it's kind of like we're seated together in heavenly places well we're sitting here right now but we we're as good as up there as uh, believers <clears throat> and then he uh, turns mourning into joy in verses 12 through 14 <clears throat> and uh i don't think we'll read all those the the thing i liked was in verse 14 it says, and I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. So I, I like, there's not too many things that satisfy, is there? But the Lord is. In fact, it, Proverbs says, the eyes of man are never satisfied. They're, they're never they're never full, and hell is never full, it says. Hell is, people keep going to hell, right? I mean, not the same person, but uh, anyway, the Lord does satisfy, and I think that's one of uh, George Mueller's famous verses. I remember Del Lytle used to quote it, that he'll, he'll be satisfied. It's in the Psalms where... 
uh, open my mouth and it'll be filled and, and satisfied or something. I'm, I'm not saying that just right. Alright, verses 18. Somebody can read uh, 18 and 19 if they would. I have truly heard people bemoaning himself thus, Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after that I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed. I smote upon my thigh, I was ashamed, yea, even confounded. Because I did bear the reproach of my youth. So he says to turn several times there. It's talking about Israel. What is the word we use for that? Repent. Yeah, re- repent. And uh, I don't know if I spelled that exactly right. So that's what I had you put in your your blank at the top of your Roman numeral four there. Restoration is dependent upon repentance. And so they needed to turn from their idols, their idolatry, and turn to the living God. And um, it's saying that, that they will. And uh, that, in fact, it actually says there in verse 19, Surely after that I was turned, I repented. So it, it uses that. And then, uh, can somebody read uh, 20 and 21? <laughs> 20 and 21. Yep. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake to him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore my vows are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Set thee up, waymarks. Make thee high heaps. Set thy heart toward the highway, even the way which thou wentest. Turn again, O virgin of Israel. Turn again to these thy cities. <coughs> yeah. Alexander Scobie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ed, you, you should record the Bible on cassette, or not cassette, but <laughs> yeah, whatever they do. online. <laughs> whatever they do nowadays. Right. So in, in what Ed read there, I, I kind of see like a parent. He says, my bowels are troubled. If, if you've ever had to, you know, scold your child, you, you're like, doggone it. You know, this is going to hurt me more than it is you, but... He, so he had to discipline his children, and and yet it it bothered him to have to do that. Um, it is kind of hot in here, isn't it? If we could turn that fan on, Edward. Can you reach the fan? Yeah. So anyway, God loves his children. He loves Ephraim, and his bowels were troubled for him. And uh, this is kind of a weird thing. Somebody read verse 22. Uh, Pam, have you got 22? How long wilt thou go about, O thy backsliding daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall confess a man. 
Yeah, so that's it's kind of a, it's a weird way to say it. A woman shall compass a man. And the word compass or compass, it means to surround or beset or turn back to uh, a man. And uh, the uh, Hebrew word for man here was mighty man or valiant man or it meant like a warrior. And so it has to do with Israel being this woman and she is going to bring forth uh, Jesus, this mighty man, uh, at the second coming. So this is very prophetical and it's it says it's a, it's a new thing uh, because he, he hasn't came back the second time. So anyway, it's kind of neat the way that's worded. So the word Jesus goes in your blank. He is the man that Israel brings forth at the second coming. A woman shall compass a man, Jesus, in Roman numeral 5 there. Now, this this is something I, I saw as I studied this. In verse 27, you see how it starts? Everybody see verse 27? Behold, the days come... And then look at verse 90. Or well, don't, don't look at 29 yet. Look at verse 31. Uh, Behold, the days come. So it says the same thing. <clears throat> and I think it says it a third time here. Yeah, verse 38. Behold, the days come. And so th- those are kind of markers here in our Bible. And in verse 29... It calls it uh, those days. Now, Rosie, I got to keep you engaged here. Have you have you ever had one of those days? Yes. We, we say that, don't we? Man, this is one of those days. Yes. And what are we what are we saying when we say that? We're having a bad day, or things have yeah. our way. Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's been tribulation. Like when I burnt the bacon, and the whole house was smoky. I think I read that. We're cold, we're cold, we're eating bacon. <laughs> so Sherry had one of those days this week. So far this year. It was my Jim's fault. No, it was mine. Burnt bacon is better. It is. Yeah, like you like a burnt. Yeah, we do. It needs to be all. So it says, Behold, the days come. And I believe it's talking about those days. And uh, we we could find, uh, I would say, at least eight or ten places when those days is a reference to the tribulation period. And, and, I, and I kind of marvel. Do, do you know uh, when Mary and Joseph, you know, we're coming up on Christmas. When Mary and Joseph went down to Bethlehem to pay taxes, it says, in those days, so-and-so was Caesar. It's, it uses this little phrase. And, uh, so, so this tribulation period could have been fulfilled in Christ's first coming, but the Jews rejected him. And uh, so now he he brought about the church age, and I think it's Romans, I think it's Romans nine uh, that says that the church 
is making Israel jealous right now. So God's grace, His favor is with the church and it's for the purpose of making Israel jealous because they don't have a relationship with God through Christ right now as a nation. And so anyway, this phrase, uh, the days come, and it's saying... that the Lord's going to return uh, during at the end of this tribulation that the Jews are experiencing. <clears throat> um, trying to think, we got 15 minutes here. Let's on the back page of your handout. <clears throat> let's jump down to. Um, yeah, here we go. Verse 31. Uh, yeah, Jim, would you read verse 31? I'm going to erase this. Cause I, I, th- this is probably the meat of the lesson today. I mean, hopefully you got something out of what we said, but I want you to think about what verse 31 says. So go ahead and read that. Right. Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. All right. And probably some people in here uh, but I've actually heard this taught. Let's all go to uh, Hebrews 8. So hold your place here. I want you to see this and Romans or Hebrews 8 at the same time. And, and it'll, I think it'll be obvious in Hebrews 8 the difference. Uh, I'm going to turn there too and, and I want to read it because I want to make a comment on it. Because I sat in a church, a good church, and listened to this taught and, and I think the teacher missed the mark. <clears throat> so Hebrews 8 <clears throat> I'm in Hebrews 11. Where's it at here? Okay. We're toward the end of Hebrews 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And then look at verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. <clears throat> so this... Now, now let's read he, uh, Jeremiah 31 again. Verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break although I was an husband unto them saith the Lord verse 33 but this shall be 
the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write in their hearts, write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. Uh, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Now, first of all, I want everybody to see, those pretty much said the same thing, didn't it? The Hebrews 8 and the Jeremiah 31. So God's going to make this new covenant. <clears throat> and j- just when you see that, a new covenant... What do we almost think of just by looking at that? We think it's to us. To we think, covenant. yeah. And and in fact, almost everybody in here probably right before Matthew, it'll say New Testament, doesn't it? We, we automatically think this is the New Testament. It's a new covenant. But who does it say this is to? It is uh, to Israel. And uh, the, the key that took me, that connects these, I think, it says that it happens in those days. It, it actually says uh, after those days. So, so what happens after the tribulation? The millennium. Is that what you said? After the tribulation, uh, I don't know if I, uh, now, the thousand year reign. Uh, so, so, I do a certain amount of uh, electric and electronic work on my job, and uh, specifically when I was doing calibrations, uh, Like uh, like Belinda just said, uh, if you're checking milliamps, you're checking for thousands of amps. That that's a pretty common measurement. And this uh, it's a little harder to see, but uh, milli annum is annual. Millennium means a thousand years. Millennium, the word. <clears throat> and so that's what happens after those days. And, and, and what does it say? Why do you think it says not to teach every man Know the Lord, Rosie. You need to know the Lord. Why, why does it say don't don't say that? Why would it say that? He's sitting on the throne and breathing. Right. He's so on CNN every night. Uh, he's on CNN every night. In the millennium, it's going to be unnecessary for me to say, Pam, boy, I hope all your family knows the Lord. It says no. Everyone will know the Lord. He He's on TV. He's here. You could drive or fly and see Him. Right? So, uh, so I'll just say all know the Lord. 
And that, that's going to be a hard thing to tell Big Dave Branham because he's all about telling people, hey, you need to know the Lord. You can get killed for that. And, and now <laughs> it's getting dangerous to say that. Well, in the millennium, they, they do. Oh, really? Yeah, prophets will be killed. Ah. Preaching. If people... It's Zechariah. Okay. So you, you got to come back in two weeks and hear Jim preach about the millennium. Three weeks. Three weeks. Uh, and the other thing it says is that uh, it's written on their hearts. <laughs> I like that. Sometimes I think, boy, if, if I could just think of the right verse to say right now, or we're all at a loss of the right thing to say, but wouldn't that be cool if the, his law was... So in, So there's, there's a lot of difference, this new covenant. In the old co- covenant that they break, when they came out of Egypt, you know, they couldn't keep the law, and it was written on tab- tablets of stone. But this is written on the tablets of their heart. So anyway... Um, you know, when I was uh, sitting in that church, uh, you really have to bend these verses to teach that this is talking about the New Testament based because you pretty much have to say, well, we've taken the place of Israel. The promises are to us. You know, we're going to rule and reign with him. And uh, I don't know how you get around saying, you know, don't don't tell people to know the Lord. But God's laws can be written on our heart as we we hide it in our heart, and so you do have to kind of twist and bend. But I, I just want everybody to see that it is for Israel. It's a time yet coming. And uh, were you going to say something too, Pat? Or anyway, uh, I was glad I got to share that because as I'm sitting there listening to the teacher teach, it's like you know, I have to really kind of zip my lip, you know. Because he he's he's saying it for us now, but it's not really. So anyway, uh, we we certainly can be forgiven now. We certainly can uh, put his law and his word in our hearts. But uh, there's certain sections of this that doesn't apply to us right now. But there's a new covenant coming. What would be this blank on B? Oh, letter B. Uh, so let, let's read verse 36, and then I'll give you that one. Uh, in fact, Sherry, would you mind reading 36 for us? Let's see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Is that the right one? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so... It said in verse 35, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And what Sherry just read, if those, he, God gave those ordinances of nature. If the sun quits, if the sun doesn't come up tomorrow, and the moon doesn't show tonight, and the stars uh, become dark, he says that's the point where I won't uh, love Israel anymore. So, so the word I had you put in your blank is the word eternal. Uh, Israel had a beginning uh, through Abraham was really the first Jew, but it is eternal. He, he's saying that 
Israel will be forever. And uh, anyway, his his. I gave you a definition of ordinance is a rule established by authority out of Webster, and it may be a, a law or statute of sovereign power. And uh, uh, ordinance could be an established rite or ceremony, such as baptism or the Lord's Supper. And then uh, I think uh, we've got one minute. Let's all look at Ezekiel, the very last verse of Ezekiel 48. It's the last, uh, and I'll give you this. Uh, Ezekiel 48:35, and uh, do you want to read that for us, Dave? It was round about eighteen thousand measures, and the name of the city that from that day shall be the Lord is there. Is that the very last verse of the 35. of the whole? Yeah. yeah. So the name of the city is the Lord is there. That's just kind of cool, isn't it? We call it Jerusalem or Zion. But uh, so, Angie just reminded me. I, I, uh, I really, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I kind of stumble on. <clears throat> Jim, I don't know if you can get this in frame or not. But uh, this is a picture of modern day Jerusalem. And you can't see it very good. Uh, Ed, can you see this golden dome here? Yeah. <laughs> so th- this is the Dome of the Rock. This is a Muslim mosque. And I think it's the third most holy site. And uh, the reason they call it the Dome of the Rock, and uh, I learned this when I was in Israel, uh, on the back side, so you can see this uh, wall, this is the Temple Mount. On the back side of the Temple Mount, there's what they call Hezekiah's Tunnels. And there's a lot of tunnels in there. And they some of them open up into rooms. And uh, in one of them, they did kind of a, a mock-up of how the walls might have been built and under Solomon and... Uh, underneath, the, the Jews believe that there's actually, literally, and, and there is. In fact, I think uh, when Obama visited, uh, he got to go inside there. We didn't go inside, but there's literally a rock there. So it's a dome of the rock. And the Jews think that that is where uh, Adam was created. And uh, they think it possibly is where Abraham offered Isaac. And so this is very significant because uh, Zion is one of the mountains of Moriah. And so Abraham did offer Isaac on the mountains, plural, of Moriah. It's a little sketchy where that was, but this is the Dome of the Rock. Uh, But... A few verses before, it talked about the gate of Hanel. Uh, on the there's on this Temple Mount, I felt like it was maybe off a little bit. I mean, it seemed weird. To, there's like a school there on the on the Temple Mount. There was a school of some kind, 
I wish I could. Th- so, so we kind of got to walk all. Uh, so we were in Israel nine days, and three of those days we were in Jerusalem. So this eastern gate is the gate beautiful. It's blocked up right now, and you can't go in there. But, but we got to see it from the other side, and uh, I think this is a Muslim. Uh, worship place also so there's Muslims up there guarding it and you had to go through you know like a metal detector and things like that to get up there but uh, it's talking about uh, if you look at some old pictures of the city gate uh, anyway it just talks about measuring the city and some of the gates and uh I just wanted to bring you a picture so you kind of picture in your mind's eye some of what he's talking about. And, and I'll leave that up here if you want to take a minute and look at it. I know we got to get to class and or uh, church, but our class is over. But anyway, things that we're reading about now are really happening. Amen, Ed? <laughs> I caught you taking a drink. Amen. <laughs> Before the what? Ah, uh, the yes. I was thinking of that too. The the uh, the four wind. There there is some measuring that goes on. So you're right, Belinda. And uh, and and even in Roman or Revelation 11, there's there's part of the outer court that it says don't measure that. And so uh, this thing of measuring. Is significant. So, anyway, the word millennium went in your last blank. And, uh, uh, David, would you honor us by praying us out of here? Father God, just uh, come to you today. Just tell you, I thank you, Father, and just thank you for the church and the teaching. And uh, uh, just praise you, Father, that uh, we can rely on you to know that uh, when you come back, that we go with you, Father God. Yes, Lord. uh, we get rain with you and not worry about the troubles of the world like they, we see mm. today, Father. Things coming true, that the Bible is true, that we see that uh, uh, your word is pure, Father. We just mm. love you for that. Yes, Lord. Praise you and thank you, Christ. Amen. 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 We're going to close out of Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Come to our class party if you can. Good.